This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Last night I was watching the post-game of the Boston Celtics uh, dominating the Golden State Warriors again, and the uh, the Warriors were complaining. They weren't happy. Uh, was it with the refs? Was it with the uh, Celtics? No. It was with the fans. The fans were saying naughty words to the Golden State Warriors, and the Warriors weren't happy. Classy, classy Celtics fans, very classy. We heard from Steve Kerr and uh, Clay Thompson, and we'll get to those guys. Um, I was I'm, I was picking the Celtics before this game. I am 100% convinced the Celtics are uh, on their way to the NBA title there, uh, whatever it is, first in 12 years. Um, it, uh, they're just a better team. Just, uh, that's my, that's my expert analysis. They are a better, deeper, bigger, stronger, tougher team. The Warriors have the best player. Clearly the Celtics have the best team that helps, you know, when you're playing a team in uh, seven game series for the title, it helps to have the better team and they do, but we will get to, uh, uh, their, their complaints. <laughs> they are, they're just weak. I know uh, Curry's Curry's awesome. Curry's great. But uh, Draymond Green, Celtics fans have gotten into his head. I think they've gotten into Kerr, Kerr's head and, uh, and, and Clay Thompson's. We will hear from the boys who took it on the chin last night. But even those lame complaints about language, they weren't nearly as pathetic as Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel, who uh, sometimes goes in blackface to special occasions, dresses up in blackface. Last night, he should have worn stiletto heels and stockings and fishnet stockings and a low-neck sweater because he was no better than a common streetwalker. What a pathetic stooge. I can't believe Jimmy Kimmel used to be funny. Not only was he funny, he was edgy. He was dangerous. He has sold out. I'm uh, looking up his salary right now. $15 million a year to fillet his political heroes. Uh, It's a lot of money. It's not enough. It's not enough. Jimmy Kimmel is just a total sellout, just a complete stooge. Uh, And he uh, 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 affirmed his credentials as one of the great uh, lick spittles for the Biden administration. Had Biden on Biden's first president, uh, first one-on-one interview since Super Bowl Sunday. That's like 120 days ago. I don't think we'll see another one anytime soon because Joe Biden just can't handle it. He just can't do it. He just can't put his thoughts together. He just can't complete a sentence. It was a mess, as you would expect. We have some of the highlights, some of the lowlights. We will get to that. It is just, it's just sad. All the things, all the trouble in the world. And this is our commander in chief babbling about things his dad told him, just making stuff up, just lying, talking about biracial couples on TV commercials and talking about traveling with Xi Jinping, you know, through the foothills of the Himalayas. He was just, it is hopeless. This was recorded, by the way, at 5 p.m. It wasn't past his bedtime. I know he traveled across the country, but he was on Air Force One. He had Jill and his daughter there and his granddaughter, not all, not the granddaughter from uh, Arkansas whose life is being threatened while he ignores it. Not the granddaughter he denies exists, some other granddaughter. And God, it must be embarrassing to be sitting there knowing that your loved one up there just rambling, just showing all the, the symptoms of a man in the throes of dementia. We'll get to that. Speaking of the throes of dementia, we got Joy Behar. She's going to explain what what will it take for people to want to uh, support to vote for gun control. Simple, simple. The point we're going to reach once black people get guns, you know, things will change once black people get guns. Is there anyone dumber? Is there anyone ever dumber on, on TV, on network TV? than Joy Behar. I mean, she's not as pathetic as Jimmy Kimmel, but boy, she is dumb. Um, Jack Del Rio, my new favorite assistant coach, at least until he apologized. I cannot believe he apologized. Jack Del Rio has some thoughts on the January 6th commission. He nailed it. He was 100% correct. And he still had to apologize because that's the way it works. 
in our system, uh, our two-tiered justice system, which will be on display tonight for sure in D.C. And uh, a crazed gunman threatened the life of Justice Kavanaugh, went to his house with a gun and said he was there to kill Kavanaugh. This is uh, frightening. It's buried in the New York Times. I think it's on like, you know, the ninth story on their website. Lots of more important things. Can't imagine if this was a crazed right-wing gunman at Sonia Sotomayor's house. It would be the biggest story in the world for months. But uh, clearly Chuck Schumer is at fault, is responsible here. He did exactly what they're accused, what they, what they impeached Donald Trump for. He incited the man. We'll give you some details on Nicholas John Roski, the uh, 26-year-old uh, uh, attempted murderer from California. We'll get into that and a lot more. Today's Callahan Show brought to you by Nugenics. Hey, guys, are you getting up there in age and feel like you just can't get in shape anymore? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone, the man hormone. It happens to every man. It can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. You want more energy to counter the negative effects of aging? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, and get better results at the gym and help you look and feel like the man you really want to be. Nugenics Total Tea contains man-boosting key ingredients like testophen. It's been validated in five clinical studies and shown to boost free testosterone levels in men. While every product professes quality, many other products use generic ingredients that are often far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total Tea, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics formulation is backed by 10 years of science and research. Don't let the aging process rob you of your energy and drive. Re-energize your life and help get back that winning edge you had in your youth. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea when you text Jerry to 231231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 231231. Text Jerry to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Terms apply. Available at Nugenics.com slash terms. Uh, let's start with you. Do you want to do Celtics since you were the big winner last night? Iron Head, since you cashed your ticket. Uh, boy, you, you must uh, you must have been so giddy. This was, I know the, the Warriors cut it to whatever it was, two or three, but the Celtics are just dominating. The Celtics are just better. They're deeper. They're tougher. They're stronger. They, they fight harder for loose balls. They have more good players. That's my, again, expert analysis, more good players. The, uh, the Warriors have the best player by far on the court in Steph Curry. The Celtics have the second best player by far in uh, Jason Tatum. The Celtics have uh, a better bench. They have, uh, they have a, a, a secret weapon. Well, not secret weapon, but they have a weapon in Robert Williams that the Warriors just don't have. <laughs> Robert Williams, is a difference maker. He was last night. He was just immense uh, in the paint, uh, on the defensive end, blocking shots, intimidating guys who took it to the hole. Um, had a spectacular game, I thought. Robert Williams is the the X factor. If you took him and put him on Golden State, I think you'd see a different series. This, the, the Celtics can go to the, to the rim with impunity. They don't have to worry about... Uh, getting their shot blocked or getting knocked on their ass. Uh, I think he frees up guys uh, on the defensive end to run at the shooters, not worry about guys driving because they get Robert Williams. They got the time Lord behind them. That helps. Um, they will win. Well, they'll probably win uh, tomorrow night because for two reasons, the Warriors are intimidated. You know, the scary, the, the mean, nasty people in the crowd are uh, using naughty words, and they, they're not used to that. Plus, uh, Al Horford rolled up on uh, Steph Curry's leg. Curry stayed down for a while, then he limped off. He has one day off or he has, before he has to suit up again and carry his team. I don't think that's likely. I think the Celtics win game three. I mean, game four, go up 3-1. One win away from uh, an NBA title 
Uh, do they go do it, do it in Golden State in game five? Probably not. They'll do it at home in game six. But I don't think anybody who is watching this, any, you know, like Ben Gundy or any, any uh, Jackson, any of the guys who are watching this, commenting on this, I don't think they have any doubt. You know, they don't come out and say it. Although Ben Gundy sort of does. They don't come up flat out and say, boy, Celtics are superior in almost every way. The Celtics will uh, finish these guys off in the coming days, win the title. Oh, by the way, you know what else they got better? They got a better coach. Ime Udaka Udoka is a better coach than Steve Kerr. And the only question I have about Ime, Emmy, Emi, whatever the hell it is, I can never get his name straight. Emi, Emi. Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka. Uh, what's his nickname? He must have a nickname. Everyone must not call him Ime, right? They must have a nickname. Um, they call him Coach out of respect. Coach, right. And he looks, doesn't he look the part? Does he look tough? Yeah. Does he look like a guy you wouldn't want to disappoint where Steve Kerr just looks like a snowflake? Anyway, um, can I, I, I know that you don't have the answer to this, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I get obsessed. I'm sorry if I can't get this out. Why are the hell, why the hell are these guys wearing masks? Why are the two coaches wearing masks? They're young, they're healthy, we think. They don't have to anymore. It's not a rule. They go to the press conference afterwards, after having a no mask all game, breathing on everybody, and they go to the press conference with masks. Why? Does anyone ever ask them that? Excuse me, coach, why the hell are you wearing a mask? I'd I'd love to know. It's not important. The weird part Uh, is, too, is they don't wear them all the time. I know the all game will email uh, leaves it under his chin for most of the game, flips it up occasionally, but uh, I know they're busy. You know, he busy coaching his team to an NBA title. But has he read anything about how masks work? Does he understand uh, essentially they don't that they're, and if you're, and we're past the point of virtue signaling, aren't we at the point where, um, where you just look silly with the stupid thing on? I mean, maybe it's, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, I'm not, I'm going to try not to get caught up in that. Uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Robert Williams line. That is immense. 26 minutes, four of five from the field, um, 10 boards, four blocks, 20, I mean, uh, eight points in a plus 21. That is zero turnovers. I mean, that's a guy who knows his role, does his job, does it well. He's hurt. Obviously, he's not. I know he's a little bit of a diva when it comes to injuries, but he's limping up and down the floor. They're taking him off, trying to you know, use him, not not overuse him. But he's such a dis- difference maker. It's such a great, it's such a great draft pick when you think about it at this point. And it's a guy that I'm sure some teams overlook. Say he's first of all, he doesn't show up on time. <laughs> That's a problem. Secondly, he's got very limited skills on offense. He just does his thing, and it, it just seems like it's so much easier to win when you have someone like that behind you on defense and, you know, hitting the boards on offense. He's made the difference. Tatum, you know, Tatum was excellent. Tatum scored 26. Brown scored 27. Uh, you know, they're, they they got guys coming off the bench again. Grant Williams comes off the bench. Uh, Offensive rebounding machine, Grant Williams. uh, He had three offensive boards, five boards. Just, you know, everybody, everybody does something. They are a well-balanced, deep team. But, uh, and I I would have said before the post-game press conference that they were uh, physically and mentally tougher. I think that's Ime's great strength here. He instills real confidence, real toughness in these guys. But then after the game, if you were watching the game, you could hear it. The, in fact, the announcers commented on the, uh, you know, the obscene uh, chant that they were uh, directing toward Draymond Green. I, I just assumed they did that in lots of places. You know, they do that in lots of arenas in, in New York and Chicago and L.A. and wherever. Uh, but it seemed like the, uh, the Warriors didn't know what hit them because the crowd was chanting, F, uh, F Draymond Green, Draymond Green. Now, you know, that's, that's a little bit much, but it's the NBA finals. It's intense. Guys like Green are supposed to thrive on that. I thought that, that that's what he loved to mix it up and be the bad guy and play the role of whatever Dennis Rodman, you know, be that kind of uh, presence. 
it sure didn't seem to slow down uh, Steph Curry. I mean, <laughs> Steph Curry was awesome. Again, six of 11 on three-pointers with 31 points. Again, launching from 30 feet like it's a free throw. But apparently it affected the boys when the, the, the Celtics fans chanted uh, F. Um, F you Draymond. Uh, Draymond. F, F you Draymond. F you Draymond. So after the game, they were asked about it. And I would expect a team this well-traveled, a team, a particularly guy like Kerr and, and Thompson and Green to just say, nah, it's part of the good deal. But no, they wanted to scold. Uh, I, 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 I thought uh, Steve Kerr, he occasionally, you know, will cry on, on command. He will, you know, break down <laughs> because he's a very emotional man. He didn't quite come to tears, but he did. Uh, he did complain about those mean, nasty Celtics fans. Let's listen to Steve Kerr. Your thoughts on the crowd's response to him all night? On the cl- on the crowd's uh, response to Draymond, yeah. uh, classy, very classy. Now we got uh, Clay Thompson too, correct? Yeah, this is the. The most like, come on, shut up. <laughs> at least, at least, at least, Clay Thompson wasn't wearing his mask like Steve Kerr. But uh, and and I guess if you're a teammate, you think in a way you're sticking up for Draymond Green. And I don't think, <clears throat> I mean, Clay Thompson to me, that's. I mean, I thought the Celtics would win this game. I thought Thompson would struggle, and he was good, man. He was. Uh, we had five threes, called that one. Five points. He was launching, and he was in rhythm for much of the night. And, you know, he gave him a shot. He gave him, you know, they came back and they had a, had a shot, I guess, but uh, they don't have enough. I mean, when it's not, when it's not Curry or Thompson, you know, you know, uh, uh, Wiggins has his, his moments he did last night, but they just don't have enough. Uh, they don't have enough firepower, but, uh, and uh, I'm going to guess you're going to hear a few more obscene chants tomorrow night. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because now that the uh, Warriors have made it clear that it bothers them, I think they might hear it again. But let's listen to Clay complaining about the language. It was not a factor. We played in front of rude people before, dropping f bombs with children in the crowd. Real classy. Good job, Boston. <laughs> Do do uh, do they uh, yell swear words in 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 San Francisco? I mean, I, or are they all very well behaved? The Warriors fans. I'll have to listen to that. Check that out in Game uh, Five. But uh, here's the uh, funny part, the ironic part, the notable part is uh, at the same time, on the same podium, Draymond Green, and I don't think he complained about the language. Did he? I no, no, it. no. He doesn't complain about no, that stuff. He wouldn't do that. But there he is sitting with, I assume, his son. Is that his son? Little kid. Maybe four. Maybe four or five years old. Kid is up too late. He's he's fallen asleep at the podium. But So Draymond Green is sitting next to this child. Uh, at the same point, his teammates and his coach are complaining about the language in front of the children. And Draymond Green is asked, how he played last night. Let's listen. All right. Marcus Thompson, the athletic. Draymond, how do you how do you feel you played? Like shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You gotta like this guy. He's <laughs> uh, he, he's taking it all on, taking the blame. I don't think he was complaining about the language or the refs or whatever. He fouled out. He's been awful. He knows it uh, uh, clearly. Uh, he played 35 minutes. What a line! 35 minutes. One for four from the field, zero for two on on threes, uh, scored two points, had six fouls, two turnovers, um, and was a minus thirteen. Had uh, how many? Uh, four rebounds. That's it in thirty five minutes. He is uh, struggling to say the least, and uh, I don't think he's handling the role well as uh, the target of those nasty Celtics fans. But um, the, it, the, it, it was, uh, it was entertaining to a point. I mean, most of these games, none of these games have gone down to the wire. Unfortunately, I'd like to see one go down the wire. I'd like to see that NBA finals intensity in a close game, but you see things uh, in sports that you've never seen before. 
And that's, uh, you know, that's what keeps you coming back. I don't think I've ever seen a seven point possession in my life. No, that was nuts. I, I mean, again, this was, this is what it took for the Warriors to make it close in the third quarter to even make it interesting. It took Steph Curry, who was just spectacular to hit an off balance three from 28 feet land on um, Al Horford's foot, which means Al Horford didn't give him room to land. He stretched his leg out, though. I mean, when you first see it, you see, you know, that's too bad. But then Van Gundy explained, and then the ref, Javi, explained that that's clear cut. That's a flagrant. So they call it a flagrant. They get the three. They get the free throw, which he had two to make one, like some kind of throwback. But he hit Curry. He hit the first one. Um, he wasn't hurt. He could have been hurt, but it was clearly a flagrant foul by the rule. They get possession, and then Otto Porter hits a crazy off-balance three, a seven-point possession, which was wild. I mean, I'm sitting there going, I've never been watching this stupid game for a million. I've never seen that before. But even with that, it was not like, I never felt the Celtics were in jeopardy of actually losing this game or this series they will uh, win tomorrow night. I don't think the, the Warriors have it in them physically, mentally, and then they will go to Golden State, probably lose one there, and then come home and win game six. The, the city will go wild. Boston is on fire for this team. And I understand they haven't won in 12 years, but it feels like something that's never happened before. I'm telling you, I was walking around the streets last night, and people are just in love with this team. It is going to get crazy. Game six, which will be, when is game six? Game, game Friday, four is Friday. Or Monday, Monday. Can't be Monday because when's game five? Friday, right? Oh, no. no. Game, game four is Friday. Six Monday, uh, probably Thursday, Friday for game six. No, can't days. be because it cause won't it be Sunday for the, uh, I don't even know. Get the schedule. Find out what game six is. That's when uh, I'm going to batten down the hatches because the city's going to go nuts. Maybe I'll even roam the streets and uh, watch the people, you know, set cars on fire because <laughs> less, um, nothing says, you know, we won, we are the champions like torching a car. There were fireworks last night at like midnight. People were shooting off fireworks and that was a game three. It's going to get nuts and uh, it will be fun. And uh, the Celtics, the reason, here's the reason people love them is because they're a very good team. Obviously, Tatum's a great player, but this isn't the 86 Celtics or even the big three, Ray Allen, 12 Pierce guy. This is a team that's, I think, you know, just tougher, you know, plays harder, just got a little attitude and they are showing it on the biggest stage. That's why people absolutely adore them. So uh, uh, game four is tomorrow. Game five yes, is that. game five is Monday. Game they six. They skip the weekend. Why do they do that? I can't believe they skip. It's so the weekend. An, it's so annoying. The biggest deal was a Sunday afternoon NBA Finals game when the Celtics, the Bird Celtics, were in mm. their heyday, and, and it was just a huge event, a Sunday afternoon game. Right now they now they don't they skip the whole weekend. I know. So it's uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Game six will be Thursday, and then Game seven uh, would be on yeah. the following Sunday. Ain't ain't gonna be ain't gonna be no game seven as uh not be as, six. Apo- as Apollo Creed said to Rug, ain't gonna be no rematch. Don't want one. There ain't gonna be no game seven. This will end in six in Boston. Uh I have no doubt. But all right, let's get to uh, the <laughs> let's get to the post game show. Uh the Celtics post game with all the interviews and the, the Warriors whining about the, uh, the 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 crowd, the mean fans. That was immediately followed by, um, I think, well, it was after midnight, which is good because the kids should not have been watching this. The kids, this is just inappropriate. This is for adults only. But uh, Joe Joe Biden sat down for his first one-on-one interview since Super Bowl Sunday. I believe that was with Lester Holt. And Lester Holt, you know, he gave... He gave Joe, you know, a little tongue in the ear. You know, he did a little, you know, a little, they, they dry humped. Jimmy Kimmel, he doesn't, he doesn't dry hump. No, Jimmy Kimmel does not mess around. Jimmy Kimmel, who used to be funny, edgy, he used to be controversial, who used to have 
buxom young girls bouncing up on a trampoline every night bouncing. I mean, this is a guy who just sold out just like his buddy, Howard Stern. They made a decision. If we want to really make it, you know, survive in this business and make money and, and be loved by the uh, beautiful people. And, you know, we want to hang out with Jennifer Aniston on new year's Eve. We must sell out completely. And, Kimmel has done that. No one hates Trump more than Kimmel. No one hates MAGA people. No one hates half the country more than Kimmel. He fills his audience full of sycophants and, you know, mindless, you know, little hyenas that laugh at anything he says and, and also, you know, wear their masks and hate Trump. Uh, so he has Biden on and you're expecting it to be, you know, just a slobber fest, but it was even worse because here's what you have to do. If you're Jimmy Kimmel and you interview Biden you don't just have to suck his toes. You have to help him. I mean, I've been there. You're in the nursing home. You're visiting mom, grandma. You kind of have a conversation. You have to help things along because, I mean, they don't recall things or they get confused or they forget where they are. It's it's painful for a family member. It's painful for a you know United States citizen to watch their, uh, their commander in chief, the leader of the free world. It's just beyond belief that this is the guy that 81 billion people voted for and didn't have any reservations about his mental state. I'm not kidding. When I, this went on pretty long. I'll say this. I thought it would be shorter. There were two breaks and those breaks were strategic because anytime I shouldn't say anytime when Biden really started losing his way, Jimmy said, well, we got to take a break. And then when they came back, I assume they, you know, said, have some, have some water, Mr. President, let's try to focus. Let's try to get through this. And I don't know what was more pathetic that the fact that he just couldn't finish a sentence that it just in the middle of every sentence to go anyway, well, well, you know, come on. And he just didn't know where he was going or that he fell back on just these same tired lines. He talked about walking into traveling with Xi Jinping more miles than anyone's ever traveled with Xi Jinping. And I'm going, stop with that. And he lies about, you know, how the Republicans are stopping everything. And Trump's still a factor. He has both houses of Congress. He has, he has the house, the Senate, the white house, the, the media, big tech academia. He has Jimmy Kimmel on his knees, you know, giving him a tickle. Not enough. It's still the Republicans' fault. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was the the foothills of the Himalayas. I mean, uh, we'll we'll get to some of the lowlights, but to me, the most uh, disturbing thing is that he just does, and and it's most revealing is he can't finish a sentence. I mean, there's no declarative sentence, you know, uh, noun, verb, subject, predicate, what he just can't get through it. And Jimmy's there to help him. Jimmy, I mean, reached over and he rubbed his thigh and he said, it's okay, Mr. President, just, just relax, relax. We'll get through this. You're, you know, you're, have, you have the finger on the nuclear button. You are making decisions that affect 8 billion people around the world. But I know, I know as soon as we're done, we'll have some tapioca. We'll do a little pinch of milk on top like you like it. We'll have your favorite rice pudding while it's still warm. I know you like that. Yep. And it's only five o'clock. We haven't missed Wheel of Fortune yet. We're going to get that. And and you'll be back in your hotel room by, you know, for, you'll be able to get some room service, some soup. And you can lay down and you can relax and 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 and, and we'll, we'll get through this. And the media will say, you know, how funny we were. I'm not sure they could say that. It, it was uncomfortable. Let's get to uh, the highlights and lowlights. What do you got? You got the uh, the rambling one um, where he goes to commercial or the couple one. Uh, we'll go to the rambling one where he talks about uh, what is he talking, a lot of the major things he's done. Yeah. And the problem is you just can't communicate it. <laughs> you know what? I think that's one thing that was on the money. He was telling the truth there when the one problem he has trying to sell, you know, the green new deal and whatever, and, you know, uh, uh, high gas prices and everything else trying to, his problem is communication. He just can't communicate it. But if you're just listening, you're not watching along with us, Jimmy Kimmel, is looking at him the way Christian McCaffrey looks at Olivia Colpo, you know, just <laughs> lo- like, like longingly, lovingly, like, please, please just 
don't embarrass yourself. I'm here for you, sir. I, I, I could smell that little stinky that you just, in your, but I'm going to pretend that you are on the ball, that you're not just some confused old man. Please just get me to commercial. All right. Let's listen to some of the lowlights of uh, Jimmy and uh, Joe last night. No so, question. So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done. But what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is, uh, um, let me say it another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, well, we haven't been able to communicate but it. But look okay. how the press has changed. Mm-hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it's, I, it's, I get it. I know you, get, you overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it, you overstand it. <laughs> but here's What's the deal. That? One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a... Um, even with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters, they have to get the number of clicks on, on, the, on nightly news. Mm-hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, just, everything gets, anyway. gets sensationalized in ways. In, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through it. And one of the things, look. I'm going to take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have some of those commercials. We have some biracial commercials. Oh, imagine doing that to Trump. I'm leaving. That's- <laughs> That's, uh, what is, I want someone to transcribe that. Now that'll be hilarious. Just transcribe that. Uh, the problem is we can't communicate. Anyway, he just loses his way. We're supposed to think the country is not absolutely screwed. That man is making all the, well, I shouldn't say making all the, he's supposed to be making all the decisions, but you could feel the disappointment in Jimmy. He's like, God, I thought, I thought I could help. I thought I could get him through this without crashing. Without we're going to take a break. <laughs> uh, we're going to take a break. And he doesn't even seem to get that. Like, take a break. And I mean, I made a list. He came out. First thing he said is, I'm Jill Biden's husband. Uh, the dumbest line. I don't even understand it. And people fake laugh. Uh, then I mentioned, he he said like three times, as my dad used to say, uh, you got to go to work in the morning. And some just makes it up. His dad never said that, but he thinks it were. Anyway. Uh, anyway, I'm going to do Joe Biden now. Anyway, uh, anyway, the point is, any, any, anyway, uh, he traveled the world with Xi Jinping more miles than anyone ever. I'm not even sure why that's such a great calling card. What, what does that matter? So you traveled, you were some flunky for Obama. He sent you over there when before Xi Jinping was running the country, uh, running China. He, he sent you over there and you went on some trip with him. So what? I don't even understand why that's so important. But let's get to this rambling mess of an answer about the biracial couples on TV. He said this before and he went back to it. And it's amazing. Like this is a guy to keep in mind. who said he didn't want his kids to go to school with black kids because it'd be a racial jungle. A guy who did the eulogy for, uh, for Robert Board, the uh, grand Kliegel of the Ku Klux Klan. Uh, This is the guy said, if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. Not exactly a beacon of uh, a racial harmony here, but uh, white people. He talks about uh, we'll, we'll play it. And I, I can't tell whether he thinks there aren't enough biracial couples or there are too many biracial couples on TV now. Or why it even matters? It's just so stupid. Let's play it. No, I'm serious. You turn on the TV. Look at the ads. When's the last time you saw biracial couples on TV. When's the last time you saw the way, I mean, people are selling products, they do ads to sell products, and they sell products when people, they appeal to people. This generation is going to change everything. We just got to make sure we don't give up. There's an ability for us to do everything from increase the the, the access to education, healthcare. (laughs) Look what we did in healthcare. All all the... <laughs> what access to education? What's no access? Whatever, whatever. I'm just and 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 he just babbles on about uh, much of it is blaming Republicans and blaming Trump and blaming. And I'm going, but you control everything. What the hell are you talking about? And of course, Jimmy. I don't think he cried last night. At least not in this segment. Maybe he cried after it. But uh, Jimmy asking about school shootings. Oh, what are you going to do about school shootings? And I'm thinking again. This guy. There's lots of shootings everywhere in the city. Jimmy, you know, uh, blackface Kimmel, he doesn't care about 
shootings in the city in Los Angeles where he lives. He doesn't care about shootings in Chicago or Baltimore. It's just you know one school shooting, and he's going to weep and cry and talk about how something must be done. Yeah, he's just an embarrassment. But whatever, he's uh, making fifteen million dollars a year, and uh, he's there to do his job, which is to prop up this empty shell of a man. I'm going to break it to you, Jimmy. Didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> no, you know, no. Maybe better luck next time when you have Jill Biden on. You can talk about how you know wonderful the flowers are at the guy at the White House or something. But um, I, I I don't really understand the strategy. If you're Jimmy Kimmel, I know I understand that you hate half the country. That you're an elitist punk half the country hates you, you know, like I would never watch that. I just wanted to see how he did with Biden. I fast forwarded through the, uh, like the monologue and you could see all the video that go was monologue was all Trump and Ivanka and Mitch McConnell. And still, I guess it's just all he does. He's just going to do tonight. All he's going to do is so January. So the insurrection, we will get to the insurrection and, uh, my favorite assistant coach, Jack Del Rio, at least for like an hour, he was my favorite coach. And then he apologized and he's not my favorite coach anymore. And we got to get to uh, the gunman, the lone gunman outside Kavanaugh's house with the intention of killing, I think, killing Kavanaugh or taking him hostage with uh, zip ties. It's all the fault of... Uh, Chuck Schumer and other Democrats who applaud this kind of thing. And uh, we'll get to Joy Behar, the dumbest person in on TV, the dumbest person in the media. We'll give you her uh, observation on what it's going to take for this country to uh, enact some uh, gun control. That's what she's going to explain to us, the point we have to reach before we can start uh, controlling guns. But let me let me do Radix first. All right, let's talk about Radix. Radix Premium Cannabis was started by three lifelong friends and cannabis connoisseurs out of Texas. And they're a nationwide leader in the cannabis industry, offering only the very best products. Cannabis is one of the oldest medicines known to man and has been exploding in popularity in recent years with increased use of federally legal CBD and Delta 8 products. No matter what you aim to do with cannabis, Radix is your remedy. Their premium hemp is grown organically in the U.S., and their CBD uses the most advanced technology for maximum effectiveness. If it's on Radix's site, it's better than the rest. Their hottest items are THC gummies. These are a great tasting way to enhance your recreation time, reduce anxiety, increase your appetite, or all of the above. They also carry Sleepy Bears, which are delicious and effective sleep aid gummies infused with melatonin. Another popular item, Delta 8 Vapes, which don't clog like most of the vapes, and they work fantastically. Additional products Radix offers include topicals, edibles, dry herb, and cannabis-enhanced Nootropics. All of their products can be purchased as monthly subscriptions at reduced rates. Get 15% off and free shipping on orders of $35 or above with promo code Jerry at RadixRemedies.com. Check them out and take advantage of the special offer we've secured just for our listeners. And remember, Radix, your remedy. Uh, let's get to uh, let's get to the guy outside Kavanaugh's house. Nicholas John Roski, I believe his name was. Caught outside, uh, kind of a bizarre story because he called the cops, called 911 on himself. He was walking down the street because, you know, he, he follows, he's a, obviously a Democrat. Uh, the uh, address for Kavanaugh and uh, Amy Coney Barrett and Alito and Gorsuch and Thomas, that's all available. They have published, they've doxed the Supreme Court justices, expect, they're uh, hoping to get someone like this. This is what Democrats wanted. This is what they wanted. Can I, can I just reveal here? It's not a secret, but it's not really been said, not really been spoken. People aren't really saying it out loud, but if this scumbag succeeded in killing Kavanaugh, which a lot of, you know, crazy liberals, all those, you know, those crazy people outside his house, all the crazy people are firebombing, uh, pro-life centers now, those people would be thrilled. That's what they want. They want violence. We've seen it for a couple of years now. That's, they get their way through violence. I'm pretty sure 
it would change everything. You would have a Democrat president, Biden, who would appoint another lunatic lefty like Katanji Brown Jackson, someone like that, who would not want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Obviously, we know John Roberts is a pathetic squish. He won't want to. They would get their way if they succeeded in taking out Kavanaugh or Amy Coney Barrett. They would get their way. I'm not really sure what else could happen, even though that's the goal here. The reason the draft, the Alito draft was leaked was for this. They wanted people to take up arms and intimidate judges, maybe justices, maybe not kill them, but intimidate them. And they might succeed. Kavanaugh's kind of squishy. He might bend to this. He might, he might, they might break him or one of the other judges who are afraid for their lives. It is all you need to know about the utter brazenness of these people is they were back outside Kavanaugh's house last night, like, you know, 16 hours after they caught the guy with the gun and the knife and the zip ties, they were back outside the house, banging drums and screaming. Every one of them should be arrested. They're breaking federal law. But as we know, Merrick Garland is just a, he's just a wingman for Biden and they don't want, these are their people. These are their shock troops. So they encourage this. You tonight, we're going to see them talking about how people who paraded in the Capitol were a threat to democracy, but the people marching outside Kavanaugh's house and supporting a guy who wanted to kill him, they're cool. They're okay. That's just, you know, the American way. But I'm going to explain why Schumer is 100% at fault here. Uh, for it's It's been two years since he did his famous rant, and we could play it to remind you. But he talked about... Uh, you're not going to know what hits you, the whirlwinds, and you will pay the price. He talked about this. And what you have to keep in mind, he's talking about Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, is these are people appointed for life. We know that. Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and all the Supreme Court justices, they're appointed for life. They can't be political. They don't, you know, they don't, they're not out there doing Sunday morning TV shows, debating policy. They must be insulated from that. The only thing you can do to stop them, I think, would be to would violent would be violence would be beating them up, killing them, burning their house down. What other price does he have to pay? When you say a politician has to pay the price, it's you vote them out of office. That's the price you vote them out or you impeach them. That's the price you pay if you're a president or a congressman or a senator or whatever governor. If you say that to a governor, you say, you're going to pay the price. That means I'm going to campaign against you. I'm going to encourage people to vote against you. What does it mean if you say a Supreme Court justice must pay the price? It must, uh, that you know, won't, won't know what hit you. What does that mean? It can only mean one thing. It could mean we're coming to get you. We're coming to get you. And I don't think you could have a clearer example of a guy inciting violence than this And again, Donald Trump was impeached, impeached for telling the crowd on January 6th to go and peacefully and patriotically let your voices be heard at the Capitol. Peacefully and patriotically. It was absurd. Both impeachments were absurd. That one was particularly absurd. A joke. We all know it, which is why the commission, the hearing tonight will be a joke. These just blind, wild partisans with a Trump obsession. But let's listen to Schumer and you tell me what else he had in mind. If it wasn't someone going and I don't want to say killing Kavanaugh, but but uh, intimidating, protesting, uh, rioting, burning, throwing a brick through his window. If it wasn't something fit that would physically change or intimidate or scare Kavanaugh, what else could it be? Go ahead, play it. And they're taking away fundamental rights. I want to tell you, Gorsuch, I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Look at him. He's so proud of himself, too. He's talking to these lunatics and you'll pay. Hey, they love me. Mm-hmm. So... I think there's a chance that this guy, uh, the Nicholas uh, Roski, 26-year-old Californian, and, 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 you know, big, big liberal, big Democrat, I'm, I'm going to guess, and he said, 
he actually told the judge that he wasn't thinking clearly. And if you're as an attorney, whether it's a coroner court, you're going to say he's not mentally fit. He's you know, clearly he's disturbed. That makes it worse. When you think about it, it's easier to incite, to encourage a mentally unfit, you know, lunatic to do this, to carry out your, your, your wishes than if it was someone sane or someone who was concerned about going to prison or was, uh, who thought this is, is, is morally wrong. If you have someone who is not right in the head, then you, it's much easier for you to encourage them to make Kavanaugh pay the price, make sure Kavanaugh doesn't know what hits him. These are the best kind of shock troops, the mentally unstable ones go nuts. Nicholas John Roski, we got no choice here. They're going to overturn Roe v. Wade if we don't take matters into our own hands. If we don't intimidate or hurt Kavanaugh or, or whoever. I mean, he also talked about gun control. Gun control. Uh, what the hell does Kavanaugh have to do with that right now? Like, we're going to scare Kavanaugh into what? Didn't that, Didn't Maxine Waters do the same thing that Schumer just she did? She sure did. She said, "Get if you see one of the cabinet members at, the, at a gasoline station, that's how old she is, a gasoline station, or at the store, go up to them, get in their face. She encouraged, there's a whole bunch of them. Ayanna Presley said, we need unrest in the streets. Uh, Kamala Harris said the rioters of... Uh, Summer 2020 said they they will not stop and they should not stop. They caused two billion dollars worth of damage. They destroyed whole neighborhoods. They killed 25 people. They murdered retired uh, uh, St. Louis cop uh, David Dorn. And she said they shouldn't stop. They were killing people. They injured thousands of cops. They destroyed thousands of businesses. And the vice president said they will not stop. They should not stop. That's, I mean, I'm that, and 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 they impeached Trump for saying go down the Capitol peacefully and patriotically. It's just absurd. I and and again, it's a crime to go to judges' houses and protest. A federal crime. We know Merrick Garland doesn't enforce crimes against his team, so I didn't expect him to get arrested. But the gall, just the the the, the arrogance of someone going to the justice's house on the same day. They busted Roski on at 1.45 a.m. He's walking on the sidewalk, by the way, with a suitcase and a backpack. He has all kinds of weapons, knives and, and uh, uh, zip ties and his gun. And he's got a suitcase full of weapons, a backpack. He sees the federal marshals. He turns and walks away. Then he calls 911 and says, I'm here to kill Kavanaugh. What? Is that to make his case for mental illness? He's charged with attempted murder. But who, what, why are you calling 911 on yourself? Either, either, you know, trying to do what you're there to do and they catch you and they arrest you or just walk away and do it another day. Why are you calling the cops on yourself to prove that you're mentally ill? I don't quite get that. I think there's a few holes to fill in, in this uh, story. Um, Maybe it'll be like Paul Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi's drunken 82-year-old husband. And, you know, they'll just drop, drop the charges. They'll say, oh, you're on our team. You're good. We'll, 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 we can go now. But uh, um, it is scary. And, oh, we have this uh, CNN. We're going to give you the CNN version of things. Now, keep in mind, this is a hardcore liberal Democrat, hates Kavanaugh, hates, you know, I'm sure hates Trump came armed with a Glock nine millimeter to kill Kavanaugh. The, um, the uh, Washington post reported right away as a number of outlets did that he was armed and dangerous. He had a gun that he was there to kill. This is 11 AM. So this is 10 hours later after he's busted. And the, you know, we get the police report. This is a reporter. What's her name? Wild. Her last name is wild. Like Olivia. I don't know. Well, I'll get her first name, a CNN anchor does the report. This is how CNN covers this story. It's, she makes clear, you know, both sides are scary, both sides. And I'm going, what? Both sides? What are you talking about? Where have we heard one? that before. Both sides? What did the other side do? <laughs> what, what did what did Kavanaugh do? Lock his door? I mean, what did he do? 
to to uh, encourage this. But uh, get her get her first name for me. And, but let's listen to her report. Uh, very little detail at this point, Kate, other than to say uh, it's an, uh, this man is, uh, he's an adult man from California. We don't yet know what the nature of the threat was. We don't know what language the threat was uh, or what kind of weapon this man might have had, uh, if he had one at all, uh, because the information at this point uh, is just so thin. But Kate, this, this certainly contributes to this overall threat landscape we've been talking a lot about. The major concern here with this abortion ruling from federal officials, and they've been sounding the alarm alarm on this for about a month, is that Supreme Court justices will certainly be, you know, potentially targeted by violent extremists who are angered over this pending ruling that is poised to strike down Roe v. Wade. This is an extremely passionate issue. There are emotions on both sides. Federal officials have made clear over and over they believe the risk truly comes from both sides of this abortion debate. Uh, So certainly this case, uh, you know, really solidifying what federal officials have been warning about. People are angry. They might seek to use the abortion ruling as a justification to cause violence. And that puts these Supreme Court justices, their staffs and other members uh, of this, the judiciary, especially the Supreme Court at risk. Back to you. (laughs) Uh, Why would the other side be upset the pro-life side, why would they be upset if they overturned Roe v. Wade? The violence comes from one side. We know that. There was one riot from the the, the right, from the Trump, from, from the MAGA people. One riot, one dust up, <laughs> one dust up. There were 600 riots from the other side. She said that. She said, we don't know if we had a weapon at all. And the Chiron right under her said, Man with a weapon found outside Kavanaugh's house. They they can't even can't even can't even read their own they read their own graphics underneath the on the screen. But uh, it is amazing. Both sides do it. Okay, when did he? They're firebombing pro life centers now. There's been three or four firebombings in the last month, and we're worried about both sides. Sorry, ain't gonna fly. All right, we gotta move because uh, I didn't get to Joy Behar yet, and. What else am I missing? Jack Del Rio. Got to get to Jack Del Rio. Uh, let's do Shea, and then we'll do uh, my, briefly, my favorite assistant coach in the NFL, Jack Del Rio. Then he had to get squishy on me, but then we'll get to the dumbest person on TV. She just gets dumber every day. Just gets, to, maybe she's like, maybe she's losing it. Maybe Joy Bass, she is 72 or 73, yeah. and maybe she's losing it, which is a scary thought, because she wasn't very bright to begin with. Right, we'll get to that. We'll have to get to Shea. I would have been telling you about Shea Concrete for a long, long time. Today, we're sitting with the man who makes it all work, the man in charge of the whole place, my brother-in-law, Greg. Hey, Greg, seems like business is booming at Shea Concrete. We're cranking that out, Jerry. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, what's holding you back these days? We could use some good help. You need people? We need people. How many people do you need? At least 20 people. 20? Well, what kind of people? We have positions driving trucks, working in the production plants, estimating engineers, all kinds. Do you need podcasters? You know, we do have the precast podcast. Well, I, I think it seems like a great place to work, as I tell people. It's a family atmosphere. You guys are good to your people. There's a great gym here at the headquarters. Uh, what's holding you back? Why can't you find people? Besides being to work on time, you have to pass the drug test. Ooh, <laughs> you have to pass a drug test. That's all it takes. All right, if people want to uh, come see you, they want to talk, what do they have to do? Bunch of ways. They can, if they want to be a team member, they can go to shakeconcrete.com, fill out an application. They can come to our, any of our offices. We got four locations. They can call me up directly. They can email jobs at shakeconcrete.com. And you'll give them a hat? And You're we'll give them a hat. Hats. Yep. All right, sounds good. Shakeconcrete.com. I saw a really cool, uh, nice cafeteria here. Can we go have lunch? Oh, absolutely. We got empanadas and chicken. <laughs> Excellent. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to go have an empanada. All right, let's start with Jack Del Rio. Then we'll get to uh, Joy Behar. Jack Del Rio, assistant coach of the Washington Commanders. And he's a noted right winger. You know, there's probably a lot of them in the NFL, but most of them are afraid to admit it. And he tweeted that he's got questions about the January 6th commission. Why don't we have any hearings about, you know, the 600 BLM riots? Why are, you know, we burned down courthouses, they burned down police stations, killed, killed people, 
cause $2 billion worth of damage. Not a hearing, not a hearing. One riot from the MAGA crowd on January 6th, and it is the worst thing since the Civil War or the War of 1812 or Watergate. And I mean, they're just still hyperventilating on the, CNN and MSNBC, and it's only just begun. We get today's te- tonight's television production slickly produced to uh, make you think it is the worst thing since 9-11, whatever. Uh, it's not. It's a show trial. Everybody knows it's one-sided. It's it's totally aimed at stopping Trump. Uh, it should be uh, pretty transparent, pretty transparent, pretty obvious. But uh, I think uh, Jack Del Rio speaks for a lot of people. Say, well, why do we have this two-tier justice system? Why do people, you know, two two lawyers in New York firebombed uh, through a Molotov cocktail into a police cruiser to kill cops? The Biden DOJ stepped in to make sure they wouldn't face the maximum punishment. They're going to go to jail for two years. Two years. This guy's in jail still in D.C. since January 2020, 2021, for parading or trespassing people who committed no violence are still in jail, no bail, no court date. It's just incredible. We have political prisoners in DC and we have rioters across the country who never spent a day in jail for burning businesses, looting, rioting, throwing bricks, whatever. I think Jack Del Rio talks about this here. And then sadly, we'll tell you what, uh, what he followed it up with shortly thereafter. Go ahead. You want to talk about it? I'd talk about it with anybody. Yeah, no problem. I, at any time. But uh, but they're not. I'm just expressing myself. And uh, I think we all as Americans have the right to express ourselves, especially if you're being respectful. I'm being respectful. I just asked a simple question, really. Did I? Let's get right down to it. What did I ask? A simple question. Why are we not looking into those things if we're going to talk about it? Why are we not looking into those things? Because it's kind of hard for me to say I can realistically look at it. I see the images on TV. People's livelihoods are being destroyed. Businesses are being burned down. No problem. And then we have a dust up at the Capitol. Well, there's nothing burned down. And we're not going to talk about it. We're going to make that a major deal. I just think it's kind of two standards. And if we apply the same standard, and we're going to be reasonable with each other. Let's have a discussion. That's all it was. Let's have a discussion. We're Americans. Let's talk it through. I'm for I'm for us, you know, having a great opportunity to have a fulfilled life. Uh, like I said, every way, every which way I can. When I'm here, it's about love and respect. Oh, I hate that love and respect. All right, you, you can't be more. Uh, I mean, less aggressive, you know, less bellicose than that. You know, let's have a discussion. Let's be respectful and, and, and all that. Ask a great question. I mean, we should all be asking that question. Why do the rioters and looters who cause 2 billion in damages, why do they uh, get off with nothing? And people are still rotting in jail for parading in the Capitol who were let in the front door by the cops. Good question. We won't certainly hear that tonight, but it's a question a lot of people have. He was forced to apologize, and I'm going to guess that came from the commanders, his team, because he used the term dust-up. Now, first of all, dust-up is a vague term. Dust-up could be anything. The people who say sedition and treason and insurrection do it every day. Those are their words. They choose their words. It's not really a treason. It's not treason. It's not sedition, but they can use it. Last I checked, you could choose your own words. You didn't have to... I run it by the whatever the word police at, in the in the mainstream media and says it's okay if I say dust up oh no it's not should I can I say riot you know could I say melee can I say oh, oh do I have to say insurrection what are the rules that's amazing he's forced to apologize for using the term dust up he says quote I made comments earlier today in referencing the attack that took place on the Capitol. Referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I am sorry. I stand by my comments condemning violence in communities across the country. I say that while I say that while also expressing my support as an American for peaceful peaceful protest. I support all peaceful protest. I love, respect, and support all my fellow coaches, players, and staff and respect their views and opinions. You have to apologize publicly for using an unacceptable term to describe a freaking riot. 
That is incredible. So you could come out today and say, I think all those people who committed treason at the Capitol and sedition and wanted to behead, behead Mike Pence, all those liars and frauds who were just trying to inflame the situation. They could say whatever they want, but you call it a dust up and you must publicly apologize. And I understand why. As soon as he said dust up, there were people on Twitter saying he's going to get fired. He's going to get fired. This is sick. This is absolutely sick. This is un-American and just insane that we're, we're policing words from an assistant football coach and say, nope, use the one word. You better apologize. Uh, and, and, you know, if it weren't this guy who's pretty secure, Jack Del Rio has been around, who's good, he's probably made a lot of money. If this was just some young guy, they'd be, they'd be afraid of getting fired. Said, uh-oh, I used the wrong word. So they can put people in prison for a year and a half for trespassing, no trial, no bail. And if you object, you will be forced to apologize if you use the wrong word. It's just amazing. Uh, two former players condemned him. Doug Baldwin said Del Rio was ignorant. And Brian Mitchell called Rivera to get called on Ron Rivera, the head coach, to, quote, get his defensive coordinator in check and said Del, uh, Del Rio was a damn liar. He said this on the radio, by the way, Brian Mitchell. What? A liar? Where's the lie? Well, he didn't lie. He used the wrong word. He used the wrong, the wrong noun. And he told the coach to get him in check. Oh, he spoke out of turn. He, he, he participated in wrong think. Can't have that. Oh, but we can't have Joy Behar speaking out her rectum, which is a disgusting thought. But let's get to, I, I, I do want to mention briefly, we could do this another day, but Jalen Brown, great player, great, just having a great series. He's going to be NBA championship, NBA champion. He was asked if the players might boycott an NBA game in the finals because of violence in, you know, school shootings. And he said they would think about it. I don't want to get into it, but just a reminder, Jalen Brown marched with BLM, marched with BLM in the summer of 2020 when they were burning businesses, destroying neighborhoods. And he says the players might sit out an NBA game. Strange. We need to, uh, uh, we need to keep the vibes in check. We'll, we'll bury him after the series. Okay. Uh, We can play it. He doesn't come out and say it. He just says, we'll think about it. And some media member, of course, they're all on the same team saying, were you boycott because of a school shooting in Texas? I'm saying, whoa, there was 13 mass shootings over the weekend. There's unbelievable, uncontrolled, crazy violence in the big cities everywhere. BLM is still inciting violence and, Jalen Brown never even mentions that. It's just, whatever. Let's get to Joy. Let's finish with this moron. People wonder, and they talk a lot about gun control, and of course, they're all just knee-jerk, you know, liberals operating on emotion. That's what they do on The View, and they, you know, something must be done. Do something. They're the leaders of the do something crowd. Just do something. No, I'm sorry. Obama's the leader of that crowd. Just do something. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, Joy Behar has a... Um, an analysis here, the, when, what it will take for people finally in Washington, for people to rise up and do something about gun violence. Let's listen to Joy. Most AR-15 owners are former military, okay. 35 plus Let me say married. one more thing. So that's all I'm saying okay. is that they're yeah. not once, crazy once, people. Okay. Here's the thing. Once black people get guns in this country, the gun laws will change. Trust me. <laughs> she didn't like that one. Once gun, once black people get guns, one, uh, I believe the number is one in four people, black people have guns. Oh yeah. Black people have had guns since, you know, late 1800s, since after the civil war, black, I mean, uh, there's black people are uh, as supportive of the second amendment as any other race. And it is amazingly condescending when you think about the way people like Joy Beha, just these ditzy, brainless liberals think of black people like you can't have voter ID because black people can't, they don't have what it takes to, are too dumb to get their own IDs. She doesn't, she doesn't look like she enjoyed thinks. That's what Joe Biden thinks. That's what Liz Warren thinks. They think black people, they're like, you know, children, they're children. Oh, you don't know how to do, let me help you cut your meat. You know, they're children. They don't know how to get IDs. They don't know how to vote. So you got to have like, 
you know, a month of early voting or mail-in voting because, you know, black people, they don't know how to go down to city hall or go to that school down the street and, and go in and vote. We need to help you. Come on. Let me, let me, let me make sure you help you do your vegetables. Open up. Choo, choo, choo. It is so condescending. These are Joy Behar is a racist. When you think one race isn't smart enough to vote or isn't smart enough to register to vote, or by the way, smart enough to get yourself a gun if you need to protect yourself or whatever, go hunting, target shooting. Black people don't have guns. I'm sorry, that could be the dumbest, most revealing comment we've ever heard from that moron. And just f- so false. If you go to like uh, any indoor gun range that you can find or whatever, if you go in, it's pretty it's, it's, well it's split. A, it's diverse. Isn't oh, it? yeah. It's the most diverse. All the colors of the rainbow. It's the it's, most diverse room I've literally ever been in. And, and when you think about it, black people you know, in the South, late 1800s, early 1900s, they had more reason to protect themselves yeah. than uh, you know the average than 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 ironhead does up in new hampshire sure. they had reason to to uh, arm themselves and they did when black people have guns black people have had guns for 150 years you idiot oh, it's just <laughs> amazing amazing how how condescending that uh people like joy alleged liberals how condescending they can be joy behar another one who wore blackface just like Jimmy Kimball, another brainless, emotional, uh, bleeding heart, idiot, moron. But I will leave it there. We'll let you go find the uh, rest of that Joe Biden interview. It was pretty long. I'll give him credit. I thought it would be like five minutes and then they would help. You know, the visiting angels would come in and help him off because he really didn't want to miss Wheel of Fortune. And he really was looking forward to getting in that big bed at the Four Seasons and yeah and putting on the TV and having his pudding, but he went for a while and it was a rambling, stumbling, bumbling, incoherent mess. That is your president. And we will, Oh, we might be back tonight. We're working on this, but for our locals show on Friday, we do our show for our locals community. Just go to callahanshow.locals.com to sign up and join us. Um, I'm thinking I'm Callahan callahan.locals.com. Okay. Help me out. What is it again? Callahan.locals.com. Well, why don't you correct me last time? Didn't I? Sh- I always say Callahan show, whatever. Oh, Callahan.locals.com. Go to locals.com and punch in Callahan. Callahan show. You can find it. You can sign up and join us every Friday. We'll take your comments. We'll take your calls. But we're thinking of going live tonight, live during the hearings. I can't go during Tucker. I got to watch Tucker. We'll go after Tucker. And then we'll go after Tucker during the hearings. I will be live doing live play by play as Adam Kingsinger breaks down in tears. That's <laughs> what I'm here for. Uh, but we're working on that tonight. That'll be like nine, nine o'clock. It'll be posted, you know, after that. So you can hear it tomorrow morning if that's your routine or tomorrow or sometime over the weekend. But we will be tweeting out or posting on locals if we do go live tonight but that's the plan to live commentate the uh, January 6th hearing tonight but that will do it for today thanks to everybody for watching and listening thanks to you Ironhead I'm Jerry Callahan this is the Callahan show and we'll talk to you tonight tomorrow only on locals shaking my head and thinking something ain't right is it just me am i losing my mind am i standing on the edge of the end of time am i the only one tell me i'm not like the show leave a five-star review on apple and spotify